My silences were embarrassing to Mum. She usually covered up for me by telling everyone I was shy. Actually, I was more scared than shy. I felt if I said anything at all, I'd just fall apart. There'd be me, in pieces on the floor. I was full of secret fears. The men on the ward didn't give up easily. They continued their banter in the hope of winning me over. Come on, sweetie, come over here and talk to me. One old man coaxed as he held out a fantailed toffee. My feet were glued to the floor. I couldn't have moved even if I wanted to. This man reminded me of a ghost. His close-cropped hair stood straight up like short white strands of toothbrush nylon. His right leg was missing below the knee and his loose skin reminded me of a plucked chicken. He tried to encourage me closer by leaning forward and holding out two fantails. I waited for him to fall out of bed. I was sure he would if he leant any further. I kept telling myself he wasn't really a ghost, just an old soldier. Mum had confided that all these men were old soldiers. She lowered her voice when she told me, as though it was important. She had a fondness for them I didn't understand. I often wondered why old soldiers were so special. All of these men were missing arms or legs. Dad was the only one who was all there. I tried not to look directly at any of them. I knew it was rude to stare. Once, I sat puzzling over a pair of wooden crutches for ages, and Mum had been annoyed. I was trying to imagine what it would be like being lopsided. Could I get by with only one of my monkey legs or arms? That's what I called them. They weren't hairy, but they were long and skinny and I didn't like them. I found it hard to comprehend that you could have so many parts missing and still live. The old soldier rocked back on his pillow and I sneaked a quick glance at Dad. He was standing in his usual spot by the side of his bed. He never came forward to greet us or called out like the other men did, and yet we belonged to him. His dressing gown hung so loosely around his lanky body that it reminded me of the wire coat hangers Mum had had hanging in the hall cupboard. Just a frame, that was Dad. The heart had gone out of him years ago. Once Mum finished having a little talk and joke with the men, we moved over to Dad's bed and then out onto the hospital veranda. The verandas were the nicest place to sit. There were tables and chairs, and you could look over the garden. Unfortunately, it took only a few minutes for the chairs to become uncomfortable. They were iron-framed and tacked onto the seat and across the back with single jarra slats painted in all colours of the rainbow. When I was really bored, I entertained myself by mentally rearranging the colours so they harmonised. As Mum and Dad talked, I sniffed the air. It was a clear blue spring day. I could smell the damp grass and feel the coolness of the breeze. It was such an optimistically beautiful day, I felt like crying. Spring was always an emotional experience for me. It was for Nan too. Only yesterday, she'd awakened me early to view her latest discovery. I'd been in a deep sleep, but somehow her voice penetrated my dreams. Sally, wake up. 
Even as I dreamt, I wondered where that voice was coming from. It was faint yet persistent, like the glow of a torch on a misty night. I didn't want to wake up. I buried deeper under the mound of coats and blankets piled on top of me. In my dream, they were heavy and lacking in warmth. I wrapped my hands around my feet in an attempt to warm them. Sometimes I thought coldness and thinness went together because I was both. Every night I'd call out, Mom, I'm cold. And then to speed her up, Mom, I'm freezing. Sally, you can't possibly be. It was often her third trip to my bedside. She'd lift up the coat I'd pulled over my head and say, If I put any more on you, you'll suffocate. The others don't want all these coats on them.